0: Miss our stick, it's okay to be a hater, don't be a dick.
1: Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris
0: where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. Edited by Jim Harris. And music by Mike Hall.
1: Welcome, friends. Thanks for listening. Uh, today we are going to talk about C.W. Arrow versus Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. Lots of spoilers ahead on this. Big spoiler. Neither of us liked it. Jim, why don't you go ahead and start, off, start us off on why we didn't like it?
0: Why, thank you, super friend. Even before watching this, to give you guys a backdrop, that even before I watched this, I was pretty much ready to end my watch of the DCCW shows because I pretty much gave up on Arrow like two full seasons ago because it was starting to get very repetitive. They were recycling the same stories, and I was losing interest. I have been up to date on all of the other shows, the only exception there would be I'm not completely up to date on Black Lightning. But I've really becoming increasingly disappointed with the storytelling on all of the DCCW shows. I've been very underwhelmed by it. So I went into this crossover and saying that maybe this will be the only thing I'll do. I'll just watch the crossover events because I liked last year's crossover event, even though I didn't like last year's shows. But for me, this is... By far, not only the worst DCCW crossover event, but I think it's the worst story ever told on any of the DCCW series. And yes, that even means it's worse than the first season of Legends of Tomorrow.
1: Shots fired. Wow. Well, I I really wanted to like this. Um, I am very, very far behind on the Arrowverse because when they started the crossover events, there became a timeline to all of the shows as to when what took place and so once that happened i started wanting to watch the shows in that order so i'd be like watch these two episodes of arrow then this episode of flash and then this episode of supergirl and then these two episodes of flash and however it went and so i felt really far behind uh recently fairly recently I decided to just go ahead and start catching up on Supergirl cuz I really like Supergirl more than the other shows. But I don't think I've seen an episode other than Supergirl, which I'm still like 2 seasons behind on. I don't think I've seen a single episode of the Arrowverse in probably 3ish years, maybe 4 years. So I've never seen any Batwoman episodes, I've never seen any Black Lightning episodes. I had zero coming information coming into this. I really wanted to like it cuz I'd heard a lot of positive things especially about the cameos. Uh, but I didn't look at or read or, or anything of any of the reviews because I wanted to avoid spoilers. Because that's a big thing with me. And you're going to hear me rant about this a lot. So I started watching it. And I don't think I've ever said the fuck so many times in a short amount of time in, in watching the series. I, I binged all of them in one day. I I hadn't read the books, but I had a general idea of what had happened in the books because I had read follow-up books. After this, I decided to go ahead and start reading the books um, just because I was curious and how they, they came back and forth. I, did, I didn't really want to compare and contrast in this because this is just about the shows. But I decided I wanted to know what was going on, how it differed. I think there's 12 books in the series. Correct. And I got through. I got up to the fifth book, and I'm like, I'm done. There's we we've we've talked about this off mic a little bit. I I'm not much of a reader because my mind just goes elsewhere. So when they get extremely descriptive about things, they lose me. So I'm like, I get it. I know what that looks like. Move on.
0: Does your mind go to an else world? It kind of does. Boom, boom,
1: Yeah. Um. Start thinking about what I'm gonna have for dinner tomorrow or whatever. It's it's ridiculous. And reading these books in very 1985 style, it was very, like, they left in the writer's description of what the artist should draw in the book. I'm like, I can see it. I I know what it looks like. It's right fucking there. I don't need you to explain what I'm looking at because I can fucking see it. (laughs) So I got fed up about five five books into it and gave up and just started reading a, a more recent Batman story instead because I'm me. Now, you <laughs> went through and actually read the whole thing yes. to compare and contrast, and you have some things you want to say about it before we dive into uh, this storyline.
0: Well, I, I read it not so much to compare and contrast it. As we've mentioned on previous episodes of the podcast, I don't read a lot of comic books, but I disliked the story of this crossover event so much. I was like, how much of this is because the story from the comics is bad? Not that I was expecting the story from the comics to be bad. So, I started to read it because I was interested. Now, the funny thing that you just said, because it's a night, the, the run comes from 1985. The 1980s was probably the last time I actually read a lot of comic books. So, the style wasn't bad for me. Plus, the fact I read more books than comics. So, the fact that they, it was very wordy didn't bother me as much. But I agree, it was wordier than it needed to be. So, I read all 12 issues of crisis on infinite earth probably over the course of two and a half days i enjoyed it it was probably longer than it needed to be it kind of lagged in the middle of there but it did confirm at least one of the things that i thought was true going in that the broad conceptual framework of crisis on infinite earth comes directly from the comics there's a monitor who uses a partner called the Harbinger to assemble a team to fight against the anti-monitor who was unleashed a wave of antimatter energy, which is rippling through the multiverse, destroying earths and universes. Spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) But that is basically the, like the setup from like even like the very first book of the comic run. That's the story. That's the big story. And that is the conceptual framework that the show uses. As we go through the discussion, I'm not going to compare and contrast, but a few of my notes about some of the things I didn't like was, was the reason that I read the comics to see, did they do it better in the comics? Surprise, surprise, they did. So I will mention a few things as we go through the discussion. And at the very end of our discussion, I'll also talk a little bit about how the comic book series, no surprise again, ended better than the crossover event. All right.
1: Well, you want to just go ahead and roll into uh, what you wanted to talk about first here. You wanted to talk about just the general storytelling and just the general story in itself and how terrible you felt it was.
0: Yeah. The thing for me, again, I won't say that all of the crossover events have been good, but for the most part, I've enjoyed them. Definitely like Elseworlds last year. But this crossover event, it's like, it kept hitting you, for me, it kept hitting you over the head of, did you know that Arrow was the first DCCW show ever? That's why we call it the Arrowverse. And that show is ending. And just in case you didn't know either of those things, we're going to make direct, indirect, and even meta story references to the fact that Arrow is over and the Arrowverse has to be rethought. And it's the closest thing that I could say to a plot that could be told in this entire "Quote unquote story," is that the Arrow show is ending, and we should basically all say thank you to Oliver Queen. <laughs> well, thanks, Oliver Queen. <laughs> so that was the main thing that kept annoying me as as we went through the episodes. It's like it kept like coming back to that. It's just like can it can it just be about something else?
1: Yeah, I really got that a lot too. A lot of it uh, just kept circle, circling around. Green Arrow trying to sacrifice himself for Supergirl and Flash, not for anybody else, just for those two, and it just kept circling. And I was like, okay, obviously that's gonna happen. Just, just get to it.
0: Yeah, and that's a whole yeah. We're passing. That's the meta level. I'm passing the baton to their two shows are now the flagship shows of the Arrowverse, and that's why I'm sacrificing myself for Carrie, uh, Kara, and Barry. Although again, one of the things that annoyed me is like, he didn't just die once. No, that would be too easy. Let's have him die, get resurrected, and then kill him again so he can just sacrifice himself twice.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, you have said you've wanted to kill Arrow on multiple occasions, so you got yes. to see Arrow die on multiple occasions. Well,
0: Oliver Queen has also himself died on multiple occasions on his own show, so I was like, how many more times do we have to kill Oliver Queen? <laughs> That's
1: pretty standard in comic <laughs> books.
0: Yes, I know. I'm, it's, it's a comic thing, but it's just like, it's just not, it just annoyed me that that was one of the recurring themes throughout uh, the thing. The other thing that really bothered me was the CGI bad guys, the shadow demons. Could they have been any lamer? Basically they were like, they turned all of the fight scenes or most of the fight scenes into shadow boxing Because you basically just watched the characters basically punch and shoot arrows, stare at them because they were shooting lasers out of their eyes. And no matter what they did, the demons just went poof. And it was like, never at any point did I feel that there was any sense of danger, that these things actually could hurt someone at all. The only time they actually did was off camera. Oliver, the first time he dies, gets all fucked up when he when he sacrifices himself the first time and he comes in all bloody and cut up, I was like, maybe he just jumped off the building trying to commit suicide because those shadow demons were not scary to me.
1: Sorry, I, I'm over here laughing because Jim's over there. He's very animated and he's pantomiming everything that is going on. He's even like pointing at his eyes while he's doing the the, the deep vision.
0: <laughs> I pulled an arrow from my quiver to shoot an arrow at the shadow demons. Oh no, you're out of arrows. <laughs> that was the (laughs) other thing that annoyed the crap out of me. It's just like, so Oliver makes his first sacrifice by being the only hero to stay behind. And he was already running out of arrows. And he was like the least useful. Like if the shadow demons were really uh, a big deal, leave behind like the flash or one of the supers to use a superpower against them. But no, leave behind the guy who's running out of arrows, although we didn't run out of arrows fast enough, to be on one rooftop in one city on the entire planet, and then the monitor tells us, oh, because of that sacrifice, Oliver saved an extra one billion people. What? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) It's like, that was just like,
1: Yeah, I didn't understand how that how that saved a billion. Maybe they had a billion on the one ship he was trying to protect somehow.
0: I don't know. But it's like, how would that have any say he let like the last transport get through or something? But one billion people were saved because he stayed on the rooftop by himself. It's like, come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty ridiculous.
0: Yeah, plus the other thing again, the shadow demons annoyed me even more when I read the comic book because they were actually a threat in the comic books. They fucking killed you if they touched you. And they yeah. were also there was also times where they were Well they
1: said, "Don't let them touch you"
0: in this. But no one ever got touched. <laughs> Plus, also in the comics, they couldn't just be killed like just do anything and they go poof. They were also difficult to like target with anyone's powers or skills. Mm-hmm. So they were actually a formidable enemy. They were so lame in this. Even like the people who had no superpowers was just punching and they were going poof.
1: They can't. They can't see you punching. The I air. know.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you got
1: to see Ruby Rose doing some cool flippy kicks.
0: Well, actually, for me, it was like it was the stunt people because yeah. it's was like it, it, there's a lot of flips and somersaults and stuff like this. Like, that's obviously all of the stunt people in costume flipping all around because they're not actually fighting anything and there's nothing else happening. So it's like, yay, stunt people. <laughs> <laughs> Wee. I kind of want to be a stunt person. It looks fun. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so I don't even call it, they're quote unquote fight scenes. They must have felt stupid doing it too. Cause it's obviously all green screen effects. It's like, they're just like shadow boxing and stuff. It's no, like, it looks they had stupid. fun doing it. I guarantee
1: they had fun doing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like part of that whole thing is that it, it, as we were going through, like going through the story, it's like, I never felt at any time that there was any real actual like threat or any real sort of dramatic thing to it. Like, even as we saw some of the Earths get lost and some of the characters die, nothing really felt dramatic or permanent. Even Oliver's initial sacrifice. It's Like, the, the story was trying to really make it seem like it was a threat and very dramatic. For me, it just, it fell very flat. It, yeah. it just didn't really carry anything for me that really felt like something meaningful or, or dramatic or un... Resolvable was happening, right? Yeah, for me, when I got
1: like in episode three, I kind of made a note to myself. Like, it really felt like they were taking an epic storyline and trying to stretch it out to make it long and boring. And they kept taking so many tangents to follow the other storylines of what were going on in the in the individual um, universes or whatever. Them being so, oh, we need to resurrect. Oliver and all this, like all those little side tangents. And they kept spending so much time on those that they lost the main story to me. And then in episode four is like, Oh, now they have to try to cram everything that they didn't talk about into this one episode. Why? Like, it's just, It is the same issue that I ended up having with Mandalorian in the middle. They like trying to stretch it out to get more episodes. And then they're like, oh, no, we're out of time. Now we have to cram everything in. And it just it terrible that makes it terrible.
0: That was the other thing is like they, they wasted a lot of time on like quick cuts to other earths. Some of them were cameos for other shows, which we'll get into later. And others were like side quests that seemed like, is this really important? We need to find a Lazarus pit to resurrect Oliver so we can kill him again and then some of the other stuff is just like why? This this, this doesn't really seem well, like...
1: I was fine with the side quest happening but they didn't need to spend so much time on the side quest. That time could have been spent on the main story.
0: Well yeah, that, it, it, that's the thing. is like they kind of abandoned the main story and a couple of the, the Oliver resurrection side quest was too long and took up too much time and the only sort of like cameo slash side quest that got a significant amount of treatments um, were the Future Bat and the Smallville. Those were the only yeah. things that got slightly longer treatments, but I didn't like either one of them.
1: But they were good until they ended up not needing to happen. Yeah, that that, that was my thing with those two. I'm like, oh, and, and as they are doing, I'm like, oh, they're taking us in a tangent that's going to end up oh, nope, this isn't it. And especially after the first one happened, like, oh, now this one's going to be fake too. It was just so obvious.
0: Yeah, it, it was so obvious. And again, you never got, for me, I never got the sense that, oh, this is going to stay this way. You know, they're not going to find a way to, oh yeah, all of the supporting characters from all the other shows are just dead now and they're not going to come back somehow. Plus the whole thing, like, one of the other things that annoyed me about sort of the setup to the show was the monitor and Harbinger gathers the people together. And, again, part of this, I think, maybe they were trying to do something similar to what the comics did. In the comics, they gathered together a team of not only heroes, but also villains. But in the comics, it was done for a reason. There were specific skills and specific superpowers that both the Monitor and Anti-Monitor needed in the fight. Lex Luthor got brought into this story and the Monitor's like, oh, he has a role to play. It's like, as if it was going to be like important to the story. No, he like steals the book of destiny and then goes on like a, um, a petty, I want to kill all those supermen, even though all of the supermen are going to die when their universes go away. And I'm also going to keep a piece of the book of destiny so I can give myself superpowers. So it's like involving a villain in the story, was done much better in the comics, but it, that fell to Luther, and I didn't really like but, that.
1: But in the end, it was that page that he stole ended up saving everything. So that was that was the ultimate role was, oh, he's going to do all these bad things, but in the end, it's those bad things that are going to end up saving everybody.
0: But I don't really buy that that's actually ended up saving everybody, because the the ending thing with the paragons we can get to, I don't really think it had any meant anything i don't really think it was necessary but let's go i mean before i jump ahead sorry first up one of that was used into was the whole let's go visit the other supermen was a a, a, not a lame way but a way to give them an excuse to go visit the other (laughs) supermen and and essentially create like a battle of supermen so like brandon roth who got to be superman in in one of the movies it's been over 10 years now since he's He did one and only one actual movie. Mm -hmm. Gets to revisit, replay Superman again. And they basically, Lex makes them fight against each other. And to me, that whole scene was just stupid. I found that very underwhelming. I
1: think they just had a limited budget and they couldn't make... Like a lot of the stuff that looked bad in this, I think it was just because they didn't have the budget to actually make it look good.
0: That could be. Because the other thing about that, the battle of the Superman thing, was another thing that was done really well in the comics is... They had um, the heroes and villains not only teamed up, but they had an I- uh, idea from the comics. They used a villain with psychic uh, emotional manipulation power, a psycho who made even the heroes on the other Earth they went to turn against the heroes who were trying to help them. So you actually had heroes fighting against each other. So that was kind of what the supermen fighting against each other almost kind of felt like to me. Again, I read the comics. I read the comics after I saw the DC crossover event, so I wasn't thinking this while I was watching it. But I was wondering if that's what they were trying to do with that. And it's like, it just didn't really land for me. It was done much more interestingly in the comics, but for me, it was just like, meh. Well, they're also trying to somehow not only cram, but
1: adapt 12 books into five episodes and with limited people available, and yeah, they they took a big epic story and they tried to cram it into episodes that just didn't, they didn't have the breath to be able to make it work.
0: Well, it would have been nice if they actually stayed within the framework and tried to do some of those ideas, but they didn't. Like, again, they didn't have to do this, and again, I wasn't thinking this when I saw it because I read the comics after, but the idea of having to team up with the villains... That would have been more interesting to me in the middle. Like, if they needed to go get, I don't know, bring Malcolm Merlin or Damien Dark or Raja Ghoul back or Reverse Flash or some of the other villains from the shows and have them forced to work together to defeat the Monitor type of thing. Um, again, it's done a lot better in the comics with, with, with a variety of heroes. That would have been more interesting to me than sort of the side questy yeah. type of stuff that they did uh, on the show itself. Um, because they even tried to do going back again to sort of the heroes against each other thing, which, again, was done well in the comics. For me, there was sort of like a Batman V Superman thing going on. Like, I, I don't want to jump ahead. We're going to talk about cameos later. But they set up an alternate Earth where a Batman V Superman happened and it went dark. And then they tried to use that as a way to lead into a, is it going to be a Batwoman V Supergirl thing? but then it kind of falls flat. So they tried to do a little bit of that pitting heroes against each other, and again, that just didn't really work for me. Yeah, that was all right. I mean, I, wanted, I mean, we'll get to the cameos. I do want to talk about the Kevin Conroy, Bruce Wayne thing, because that yeah. bothered me, but we'll get to the, the cameos. Um, I guess while we're just talking about characters, like I said, the, the general framework of the comic books is used. So there's a, there's a harbinger and a pariah. They're much more interesting in the comics. Yeah, Using uh, Lila, Diggle's wife, as Harbinger, the sad thing is, after having read the, read the comics, I think they just did that because in the comics, Harbinger's first name is Lila. It's not that Lila, but there is someone, but because she has a first, hey, let's make her Harbinger. And her story was somewhat similar. She was working for the monitor, but as the anti-monitor got stronger, he she got pulled over to working for the anti-monitor and and betrays the monitor. It's done better in the comics, because in the comics she actually kills the monitor in the comics. But using... Spoiler. Live... Spoiler. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, spoiler not only for the DC uh, crossover event on the CW, but also for the comics if you intended to read them. But you know what? Those comics were from 1985. Like you've, so... o- you've
1: only had 35 years to read. Exactly. You've only had
0: like 35 years to read them. So well, it spoil. takes about
1: 35 years to read them.
0: I read them in two days. They weren't that bad for me. So that part, and then the pariah... Was also a much more interesting character in the comics. They just had Tom Cavanaugh, who I like Tom Cavanaugh as an actor. His has been used too often on Flash. So they made him the pariah, and they really did it in a, a very lame way. Uh, the same type of thing that even in the comics, the pariah accidentally releases the anti-monitor, and that's what they give um, the pariah in this to do and he's there to just witness the tragic events he keeps getting pulled to wherever the tragedy is happening and that's what they have him do in this but it's just kind of meh let's just use those two actors to technically fill in roles better in the the story framework but it just didn't really land for me
1: yeah it was it was tough to see them trying to struggle to just force everything into the worlds that they already had built instead of expanding the world's Which kind of also gets into, so the explanation on this, and they, they get into it, which is almost directly from the books, is how like basically every decision made splits another Earth off and everything to create the multiverse, which in the multiverse, each one is its own universe. But they seem to struggle with that in this because they keep going back and forth. Is it a multiverse? Is it a single universe with multiple Earths in that single universe? They keep going back and forth, and it's like they never really decided or, or really explained to the actors what was going on, so they couldn't say things quite right them in a way that made sense in a clear fashion.
0: The other thing that was a little bit lamer about the multiverse in this is that there weren't alternate versions of the characters in the other Earths for the most part. I mean, there was a different Superman on Brandon Routh's planet, but in the comic books, they encounter alternate versions of themselves, and sometimes that causes problems. So in other cases, it's just the multiverses were alternate Earths where their characters weren't there because their stories unfolded in a different way. So they didn't really do as much with the multiverse as they could have. Although in fairness... This isn't like the first time that the Arrowverse has been using the Multiverse. They've been using it for a long time since the beginning of the the Flash series. So they've actually been overusing the multiverse. Um, not just even before this crossover event. But yeah, they they didn't really do the the that was the other thing that was a little bit it started to just get annoying to me. Like a lot of the scenes were like, on Earth whatever something's happening on earth whatever something else is like a lot of that was like cutting in and out so quick it was starting to get a little bit confusing to keep track of where they were Mm -hmm. as well as why do i need to see this some of it was just for just quick cameos or just like playing clips from other dc things um that was like okay what was that for like right like right in, like right in the, the very beginning, like like in the first episode I was like, was that Jason Todd from Titans? Yep. I think that was Jason Todd, from, but it goes by like so fast. You're like,
1: and, and, I, I, and I don't want to upset you by mentioning, but Hawk Hawk from Titans as well.
0: I know Hawk was there too. I don't like Hawk, so I ignored Hawk. <laughs> but but I mean, I but I I saw, but it was Jason Todd that made me think, is that Titans? Because Hawk's a little... He was in in his outfit. He's not as yeah. recognizable to me. But it's like, okay, on such and such an Earth, here's Jason Todd. Uh, uh, oh, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. but, uh,
0: but it didn't have anything to do with the story. It was just like that, like, showing, here's the swamp thing over on this other Earth. It's like, okay. Well, they do that in the books, too. They keep showing individual Earths
1: getting destroyed. And so that's kind of... I think that's what they're trying to do is show different earths being destroyed they just didn't do it in a good way you didn't really see them being destroyed
0: yes that's the thing you didn't you just saw clips from people on that earth from other dc properties in the comic book yeah you actually see those people get destroyed or they're fighting against trying to stop their earth from getting destroyed i'm gonna
1: punch the white that's destroying everything yeah that didn't make sense um yeah there there was a lot of that and i i I guess that's something I've always struggled with in the Arrowverse in general was why are they in different universes? Can only one superhero exist in each universe?
0: I really think that that came down to the fact that flash was the first spinoff of Arrow and it was set on the same earth because they introduced Barry on Arrow before uh, he got his own show. And then the early, in the early seasons, they had almost too much of a problem of Barry goes and asks Oliver for help. Oliver goes and shows up on Flash. It was like they were afraid that there was going to be too much, I think, natural crossover. So when they did after Flash, when they did Supergirl and then the other shows, Black Lightning and Batwoman, they decided to put them on their own Earths. But it was also kind of stupid because they also gave vibe from Flash the ability to just easily traverse universes. So it's like they set them up on separate Earths so that their stories would be separate so they wouldn't have to run to the other one for help. But they still do that anyway. So it's like, yeah, the them having to be on separate Earths was not necessary. All right. But for me, I think that might have been part of the reason why. And not to jump ahead. I mean, they basically undid that because at the end, everything gets... Earth Which smushed. I
1: think makes sense because actually that crossing over part where they go to each other, I love that about this, those shows. I'm like that. It opens up the door to be able to do that, and make a larger single universe, and I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, but really, I just I, I, I kind of mentioned a little bit before, but really, just overall, what destroyed the st- storytelling for me was they were trying to adapt this large thing and and changing the characters to fit these characters. And then trying to somehow incorporate the continuity of each show into this crossover event adaptation. And just they struggled doing that to a point where it just didn't work at all. Like they, they, they changed so much to force it to fit that it ended up the story getting lost to me.
0: It's the two general fundamental flaws of these events that happen in all of the crossover events because these are individual episodes within the separate shows so each of these like this was told across five uh, episodes across five different shows Mm -hmm. so they kind of all start out with a little bit of we have to kind of pick up the story from where we were where we were in the individual show and then transition into this thing that will get picked up on the next show. But then the next show also has to start with, well, let's, this is where we are on this show, and then we're going to slowly transition into the bigger story. So time gets a little bit wasted, and they spend a little bit too, time, too much time trying to make it more of a continuity. And then, yeah, it just kind of starts to fall apart a bit because it starts to waste some time. The other general weakness of, or fundamental flaw of these crossovers is In the comic books, they have the entire DC Universe to play with. In this, we have basically the characters from the Arrowverse, which there aren't a lot of them, but the other thing is the characters from the Arrowverse also have to play the primary roles. Mm -hmm. So that's why Oliver Queen has to have a big role, why Barry Allen and Kara have to have big roles because they're the big stars of the shows. So you can't bring in the bigger names from the DC Universe and have them be like the entire story revolve around them mm-hmm. which you can do in the comics so it's already that fundamental flaw with the way they do any of a crossover events but it was glaringly weak in in this one i know this was you're not you're behind on the shows but one of the things that really annoyed me about this even though it actually did partially replicate what happens in the comics for the last two years it's the bait and switch that we've seen coming for two years for me because for the last two years on The Flash, they've been having a Flash warned, The Flash vanishes in crisis. And then this year it was, Barry Allen has to die in crisis. And you're like, which Flash? Which Barry Allen? It's like, no surprise. It's not the Barry Allen from The Flash show. It's the Barry Allen from the original TV show. So yes, The Flash vanishes and dies in crisis. We got gotcha you thought that guy was going to die. He's not going to die. He's still here. It's okay. It's like, no shit. It's like, so that whole drama that they've been building up for the last two years, it's like, I never felt that. Cause, and they've been wringing their hands with all of this, like emotional, th- the comparison that I've sometimes made with live action superhero movies, I call them just action movies with superpowers. These DCCW shows for me are soap operas with superpowers. Oh, for sure. Because these things, they, they they wring their hands and do all of this like emotional, interpersonal drama. And a lot of the Flash for the last season has been around this, like, well, I'm going to disappear in crisis. They say, I have to die in crisis and make a sacrifice. Oh, my God, how am I going to leave Iris behind? And who's going to take over Starlobs? Like, I know this is all bullshit because it's not going to happen. And then in this show, oh, guess what? The other Barry Allen dies instead.
1: This would have been a really good episode to start a video on. <laughs> He's over here making like fake snowballs in his hands and like he's dancing around and being super, super emotional. Like he's overacting like he's on a on a stage play. It's I'm overacting
0: like I'm an actor on the DCCW crossover rent. Shots fired again.
1: (laughs) See, see that whole thing about the flash that worked for me because I am so far behind. So I didn't have all that built up. So thanks for ruining the flash for me.
0: (laughs) We said spoilers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, when you're when you're done ranting about the story, I'm gonna start ranting about the spoilers.
0: The Paragon thing I want to talk about, but that's more in sort of like the um, finale, I guess. We could talk a little bit about that. I don't know if you want to talk about that now. I, I have a few other things, <clears throat> story related, and then you can do the spoilers. Go on. okay. It's your show, man. Okay. <laughs> My all time. The worst scene in a show that I really didn't like, in a crossover event that I really didn't like, which I have been calling the uh, Crisis of Infinite Stupidity because of how stupid this story is. The penultimate scene that showed how stupid this story was is Oliver as Spectre, finger boops, Barry in the forehead, pokes Barry in the forehead with his index finger. I want to kick back on this. To unlock his speed force potential so that he could run the Paragons to their mission was one of the stupidest scenes in the entire thing for me.
1: All right. I think you missed the point. Okay. I really think that whole point was him going, you dumbass, you have the power. You don't need anybody to unlock anything for you. That's why it was a stupid just... Head boop. He wasn't doing anything. He was like, hey, dumbass, you're good. Go do what you need to do.
0: I don't think it was. I, I think it I,
1: really was.
0: Because even Barry was like, that's it. You just poked me in the forehead and I can do what I have to do. Maybe, maybe it was what you were trying to say, but I was just like, for me, it was just, that was just so stupid. If
1: it was an actual, like magical, they would have like a little glowy thing or something. happen. No, they, they already
0: wasted it. their entire CGI bu- budget on the, the, on the shadows, on the shadow demons that did nothing. <laughs> so yeah, that to me was incredibly stupid. And then the other thing that was a thing that annoyed me again, all oh, oh, the whole Oliver Queen um, greatest hits album
1: you have failed this universe. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> Going back to the, actually, like, you have failed this universe. Like, oh, of course he has.
0: <laughs> but I laughed for a different reason because obviously it was a. Thro- it should have been multiverse. <laughs> But my, because la- obviously it was a throwback to the line from the first two seasons of Arrow that they used all the time was, "You have failed this city when, Ar- when he was back killing people. right? So that was what it was a-, a throwback to. But for me, when he said that, I was like, I think he just broke the fourth wall and he was speaking directly to the DCCW showrunners and writers of, h- Look how <laughs>
1: stupid this is. This is how- <laughs> You
0: have failed this universe. Look how bad this crossover event is. This sucks. Well, I mean, he did
1: look at the camera and wink, so...
0: Yeah, so yeah, so to me, that was like, yep, it's freaking terrible. So yeah, my only other story thing relates to the Paragons, um, unless you wanted to talk about something else. No, go ahead. So for me, I you, thought... You've was... ranted about anything <clears throat> else, you might as well jump <sighs> into this. I fucking thought this was stupid. So this was the dumb thing. The comics, again, did a much better job of explaining why this group of heroes was brought together to help defeat the Anti-Monitor and how they could defeat the Anti-Monitor. Completely different thing in, this, in the DCCW show. They decided to use them as paragons, as examples of virtues that were needed in order to come together to defeat the Anti-Monitor with Kara, Supergirl, being Hope, um, Sarah being Destiny, um, superroth slash Lex Luthor being Truth because Lex Luthor stole his spot in the Paragon lineup, uh, Kate being Courage, uh, John Jones being honor. Uh, Barry being love, which made me laugh because I thought it was like Barry White. <laughs> he loves Oh, yeah, that. baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Speed that love up. <laughs> <laughs> and then new guy, humanity. <clears throat> Spoiler alert, future Adam but just random human guy. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> I'm ruining everything! Yay! So we're supposed to be, it's, it's, it's shown as like this incredible idea that we're supposed to be like impressed by. And then what do they do? In the ultimate battle between Oliver slash Spectre and the Anti-Monitor, their group superpower is to line up, think really hard about their paragon word and stare at the fight, and that will sometime somehow help. Fuck off. I was like, that was so fucking stupid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I can't disagree with you on that one. I I was pretty upset. I'm like, really? All of that just to be like...
0: It's like, everyone look constipated. Yeah. It's like... I really think this
1: whole thing was just a big excuse to get a bunch of cameos together. While while, the, while everybody yes. was still alive, or at least as many people as they could that were still alive get together. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I've been calling this Crisis of Infinite spoilers. Because like I said, I was <laughs> way behind on everything. Um, I, I didn't know about the previous events. I didn't know that the Monitor had been introduced at all before. I didn't know that Superman and Lois were together and had a kid and Off Planet. I didn't know Constantine was back. I've n- never seen any... Like I said, black lightning episodes or anything. I'd never seen any of the Batwoman episodes, so I didn't know she was a cousin of Bruce Wayne in, in the I I didn't know any of that. So halfway into the first episode, I was just completely lost because I I really thought what, what, the reason I agreed to this when 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 j- just insight into <laughs> the background of creating this, we talked about what to do next. And Jim was like, Hey, you want to do the crossover, the big crisis of infinite earth. So I'm like, Oh yeah, I really like the crossovers that they've done. I would love to do that. Cause I really want to see what they do with it. Cause I wanted to see the cameos and everything with the expectation that the previous episodes of each se- season or each story would have them blip out somehow. And the beginning of this, cr- the crossover would just be them coming together. I didn't realize that the, first episode was going to be basically wrapping up what's going on in storylines and then coming together. So I was fucking pissed because it spoiled a lot for me uh, going forward. And so I, I, I kind of wonder if that's part of why I didn't like this so much is because I was, I started off angry um, because of it. I almost actually was like, no, we're not moving forward on this because I don't want to spoil anything more. But by the time I ma- got to making that decision like well now everything's already spoiled so i might as well keep going the way that i have been so yeah i, I started off furious i started off just like i said just spoiler heavy on everything and then as we start <laughs> talking about things you're going through more spoilers No, i wanted to watch these things and i, I i'm so heavily not because i want even if it's not really surprised during the episode i don't want to know what's happening i i want to as I've said many, many times in the past in previous episodes, I like seeing things the way that it's laid out by the creator. I don't want to know what's gonna happen, and now I know what's gonna happen. Like e- even, I mean, each episode's gonna be its own thing, but generally, I know. Oh, these characters are gonna come into play. This kind of thing's gonna happen. I didn't want to know any of that stuff, and now I do. So fuck CW.
0: Well, in fairness, the past crossover events have been more like what you're describing. They were just sort of pull the characters the, out of their story, they do a thing, and then they go back. It doesn't really seem to impact anything.
1: And I'd seen a couple of the other crossovers, so that's why I that's why I thought it was going to be that this time. And yeah, so that's that's.
0: And the thing that really my epic grant. that that and the thing that really sucks is that the events of this crossover do greatly change all of the remaining shows. Yeah. So even as you get caught up, if you do go back and get caught up, knowing what happens in this event, you know that, well, don't get too caught up. <laughs> don't get too caught up in the things you're getting caught up on because it's all going to change because of the. Well, no, I'm fine with that. I, I,
1: I expect stuff like that to happen. It's just, again, I don't want to know. Now I already know that somehow Green Arrow has a daughter. I didn't. Know that I don't want to know that. I'm sure that was probably a shock or some sort of surprise thing that happens. Well, now that surprise doesn't happen for me.
0: And that was from. I mean, I've stopped watching the show, but I just know what's happening. But it's it was done this season as a it's a backdoor pilot, which they actually did. One of the there were only like I think two or three two episodes, maybe three of Arrow after of the entire series of Arrow after this crossover event was over. One of them was actually a backdoor pilot. Where Mia is, it's Oliver's daughter from the future, from twenty forty. She's from twenty years in the future. Thanks. <coughs> <laughs> spiders, spiders, and it's a backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries. Where she's going to become the new Green Arrow in the future, and somehow the two Canaries are going to be with her. Oh, so there's two Canaries. <coughs> there's two. Well, oh yeah, there's actually a lot Thanks. more. There's actually a lot more than two Canaries. There's. I mean, Sarah is the white canary. All right. Well, (laughs) fuck everybody. Fuck everything. (laughs) Screw (coughs) y'all. I quit. There's there's one, two. There's like four canaries. (laughs) But Green Arrow and the canaries will have two canaries. and
1: That's all right. I didn't enjoy life anyway, so it doesn't matter. (laughs)
0: um but the other things that is kind of weird is that like Black when you said you hadn't seen it all i saw all of the first season liked it got bored halfway through the second season not because there was anything wrong with it but i was just bored with the cw shows in general so i stopped watching he's in it very you know i don't think you really yeah, it didn't anything. really spoil anything
1: <laughs> there other than yeah the way hey, he was, he's
0: got powers He's got Pyro's and he can do electrical stuff. So, like, I don't think it ruins anything at all about Black Lightning for you. No, it didn't. Um, And
1: actually, even Batwoman stuff. Nothing really got... I don't feel like anything got really got spoiled for Batwoman either. Oh, no.
0: Because, well, you haven't seen it. I mean, Batwoman actually was in last year's crossover. So she, but she was I really <laughs> thought you were gonna be like, oh, nothing was spoiled.
1: Here, I'll spoil something for
0: you again. <laughs> Would I do that? Yes. <laughs> but she, she was introduced in last year's crossover event that was like her backdoor pilot to her show. You really like the back door. <clears throat> backdoor. I really do like the back door. Um, so that was yeah, I don't think there's anything that you saw in the crossover event did any, that really would bother you at all I about no it's just
1: like some of the surprise stuff like I said the characters that I didn't know that were actually back or in it or whatever mm-hmm. or like together or whatever just just a bunch of stuff like that or, or some some storyline things and I'm like oh that's kind of a big thing I Brainiac no idea Brainiac was in oh yeah he's even yeah. a Supergirl for a couple of years yeah I'm sure that was an interesting story that I haven't seen yet but now I know that how it ends
0: I want to go so far as to say it's interesting. Well, you're a hater. Screw yeah. You. <laughs> so yeah. So moving on. Right, even even the vibe thing probably meant nothing to you either.
1: Well, I knew vibe. Mhm. But I didn't know that he was no longer vibe. And I didn't remember
0: anything about vibe. So yeah, I So, yeah, Vibe lost his powers and then he got revived, which I thought was stupid because it's like I didn't like the entire story around how Vibe doesn't have his powers anymore. Surprise, surprise. But then they just give him his powers back just for that stupid thing to pull the other Barry off the cosmic treadmill thing was just like that was dumb. So, yeah, that whole part was. Yeah. Yeah. But on a positive, there (laughs) were some cool cameos. Yes, let's talk about the cameos. Some cool, some um, not so cool, but yes. my The first one, I, I think literally the first cameo is probably my first. My favorite, Burt Ward, like at the very beginning of episode one. No, nope, he Holy- wasn't the
1: first. He wasn't the first? The very first scene was the first cameo, which
0: was Alexander Knox from the
1: original Batman. was the reporter.
0: Oh, yeah. Eh. It was funny that he was on Earth-89 or not earth 80 something whatever the year that the batman movie was made 89. yeah so that yeah uh, that's true i didn't yeah that's true that that was the first one i didn't care about that one but yeah one <laughs> of the one of the first ones was yeah. bert ward going the holy first one that i cared about The first yeah, one sorry. that i cared about it was bert ward holy crimson skies of death that made me laugh yeah. i like that hey that's bert ward he's doing his thing yay yeah there's
1: there's there's a lot of cameos throughout this whole thing and I, I felt like I caught most of them. Like, there's even a lot of cameos. I'm like, I know that's a cameo, but I don't know who that is. Yes. Because, again, I haven't seen a lot of the stuff. I ended up going back and looking some of them up. So do you want me to just, like, go through the whole list of cameos? Sure. And I'll,
0: when, when you get to one that I have something to say about, uh, okay.
1: I'll, I'll yell. So, yeah, we had the Alexander Knox um, for, from the original Batman. He's the reporter. Uh, we had uh, kind of. Brief glimpses of uh characters from Titans, characters from Doom Patrol dancing, and yeah, uh, Derek Mears' the Swamp Thing, yes, Is well. In there, you had uh the Ray from a previous crossover event, which again, I was one of like, I know I'm supposed to know who that is, but I don't because yes. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Burt Ward as, as Dick Grayson, you had Will Wheaton as Will Wheaton, yes, <laughs> that's all that you see. Will Wheaton, you're like, oh, look, it's Will Wheaton. Who's he playing? Eh, well, Wheaton. It doesn't doesn't matter. He mm-hmm. didn't even get a name in this one. He was just an end of the world guy. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I think he was trying to warn us about how bad the story was. Yeah,
1: you had uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane from Smallville, which I think you wanted to say something oh, about that.
0: That was one of the dumbest cameos. They they spent a lot of time on it. I liked it though for two reasons. So this is part of that whole Lex one and two (laughs) fire. Um the
1: I I I flexed when I when I did that (laughs) because that dude is buff.
0: That dude is buff. But yeah, the two things I like. So this is part of the whole Lex Luthor grabs a book of destiny is traveling through the multiverse, killing Superman. So when he shows up on the Smallville planet, he's like, I'm Lex Luthor. And Tom is like no, you're not. <laughs> that part was funny to me because it was like, yes, I agree. He's not. It's like if the guy who played Lex Luthor on Smallville. I like that actor. I would have liked to have seen him. See,
1: again, Smallville is another one. I, I, not too long ago, I started trying to watch it because I didn't watch it when it was on. I didn't have access, really. Okay. I started trying to watch it. And like you said, these the CW shows are very soap opera-y. I don't think I got through three episodes of them. I'm like, nope. I'm not watching the soap opera crap.
0: It's a teenage soap opera, yeah. yeah. It's it's tough to get through. I did not watch all of Smallville. I watched, I think, maybe the first three or four seasons. I so, did, like, ten seasons. So that
1: that would time. have been another one that I wouldn't have known who it was if people hadn't been like,
0: Oh, my God, this is well Welling.
1: <laughs> if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have known who it was. I did like the, the joke, though, about... Like, why are you using an axe? You could do that with your hand.
0: <laughs> yes. So there, there were a lot of good, like, comedic elements. So, yeah, the one where he was like, I'm Lex Luthor. No, you're not. And then the other thing that I liked about it was kudos to Tom Welling, the actor, for displaying the exact right amount of I don't give a shit about being <laughs> in this shit storm of a crossover event because he was so like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like well, throughout like the entire thing. That's like, yeah, this is a stupid story. I'm getting paid for it. I don't care, but yeah, I'm going to be as enthusiastic as I should be about my cameo.
1: <laughs> what I liked about that is, and, and the way that I took that nonchalantness was he looked at Lex Luthor and he was like, yeah, I don't need powers. I can still kick your ass. That too. Yeah. So that, that's actually one thing when, when like all of the casting so far in every way that they've done Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor is always like a scrawny guy. Mm-hmm. He's never really, but in the books, he's huge. Yes. He's like the, like, other than superheroes, he would be like the absolute maximum potential. Like, he's basically Batman. Well, yeah. He's crazier, different way, crazy Batman. And they'd never get that character right. And so I just really liked him looking at him like, yeah, I could kill you with my hands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I don't need superpowers for that, so that's that's what I actually liked about that scene. I think you wanted to say more about this one too, so we'll go ahead and jump into uh, Kevin Conroy as Batman.
0: Oh, I was so disappointed by this. I kind of was too, and actually, even
1: even the voice didn't quite sound right to me. And I don't I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's a little bit older, and maybe he's kind of struggling getting the doing the voice as well, or maybe he tried too hard on it. I, I don't know.
0: I mean, as we talked about in our Batman episode on the podcast, um, we, Mike especially, but both of us really love Kevin Conroy as the definitive voice of Batman, especially from the animated series. So this is the first time he's ever been able to to be live action. Mm -hmm. So... I was very disappointed with, I thought he was, the voice was a little off, but I thought he did as best he could with the crappy story that they gave him. Yeah. But if him as basically the bat who killed, the bat who crossed that line that he wouldn't cross and started killing people and went all the way and actually even killed Superman. So I was like the really darkest possible spin on Batman v. Superman <laughs> was kind of a disappointing story to me. But my great disappointment was, <clears throat> and I know I say this like every time we talk about Batman and Kevin Conroy, I really would love to see him play the older Bruce Wayne in a live action Batman Beyond. And that was what I was kind of hoping for. They were going to go there. He's older Bruce see, Wayne. There you
1: go again. You get your
0: hopes up expecting something. Exactly. I never learn. I never learned. So I was hoping they were going to go there. He's like the older Bruce Wayne. He's not Batman anymore. He's just like, well, it's on you, Kate. I don't do that anymore. And then after like they left, have like Luke walk in and say, Mr. Wayne, there's a Terry McGinnis here to see you. And I'm like, yeah! That would have been, for me, That I would have been geeking out about that. Because it's like, he's the older Bruce Wayne. Or
1: even better than that, they go, they find that Bruce Wayne. They talk to him. He's like, I'm not Batman anymore. He is. And then they could bring in a Batman Beyond. Yes. And expanded the universe. And
0: expanded the universe. Opened up doors. But no, why would we do that? I mean, essentially, that's what they ended up doing in last year's crossover event. That's how we met Batwoman. They Mm. went to an alternate Earth. They went to Gotham City. They found Batwoman. So it would have been maybe a repeat of that. But yeah. I think Kevin, uh, Kevin Conroy would be. Per- I mean, he did the voice of Bru- older Bruce Wayne in the Batman Beyond animated series. But yeah, that's what I was kind of hoping to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was like a really long and drawn out um, story too, because that build up that ups- went nowhere. That went nowhere and ultimately meant nothing. O- other than other than giving her kryptonite. Other than giving her crypto... And again, it, it looked like they were going to do a little bit of a Batwoman v. Supergirl thing because that was like the darkest Batman v. Superman uh, thing. And then it seemed like they were going to be... Because like Kara at one point was going to like, go oh, fuck it. I'm going <clears> to <throat> use the Book of Destiny and bring my Earth back. And she was like... Nee. It's not a good idea. Right. So I thought there was going to be like a big fight. And then it's basically like, okay, yeah, you're right. And then it's. <laughs> but but
1: they did a, the cool thing that I really liked about Batman and Superman where she's like, hey, I have this. Mm-hmm. And goes to give the kryptonite to Supergirl. Like, just let you know I have this. Here, you can have it. And Supergirl's like, no, I trust you with it.
0: Yeah. So I guess so, that, that so part. So they, of it they was flipped
1: good. it in a good way, I think. Yeah. They, they, they built it up as a possible fight, but then showed that. They trust each other, and cooler heads can prevail. It doesn't always have to be a fight, okay. so I actually liked that. Okay, I actually enjoyed that. Um, next one here, they had uh, Jonah Hex come in, which that was one I didn't know that he was in Legends of Tomorrow. A, a, yeah, I didn't know that he was there, but that one I'm familiar enough with the character. Like right when I saw him, I'm like, oh hey, it's Jonah Hex, except he's not scarred. Oh, now he is.
0: Yeah, it was an unnecessary. Cameo, and then when I read the comics, that's where Jonah Hex actually shows up in the comics, too. For some reason, he's in a mine and he's there, and there's like a small yeah. story he's a part of. Yeah, it was like, meh, for Legends of Tomorrow uh, fans, yeah, he's in that show. He's been a recurring character in a couple of seasons, but it's like, yeah, kind of unnecessary, but sure.
1: Then you had a huntress from Birds of Prey, yes, which was one of those things, was like,
0: I Barely
1: remembered that show. Well, I tell you, if whenever you have issues with the Arrowverse, any of the Arrowverse, go watch Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. And Arrowverse is just the top notch of possible shows compared to Birds of Prey. Oh, my God. I, it hurts so bad watching that.
0: Didn't it like, not even last a full season? Uh, yeah, I don't I think so. I think it got it canceled last, yeah. like, pretty damn quick, too. Yeah.
1: Yep, it because that actually at the beginning, Birds of Prey was actually part of the Arrowverse. And that was part of my watching Birds of Prey was trying to go through everything.
0: Oh, OK.
1: And yeah, that didn't work out so well. Um, and then you had Lucifer Morningstar come in, which I've never seen any of that show. So I didn't I, I, I knew who it was, but I've never seen it. So I had no context there.
0: Well, that for me also combines the other character that you didn't know. John Constantine was yep. in the thing. When I saw the Lucifer scene, it made me smile for two reasons. I like Lucifer. Tom Ellis is great at portraying him. I'm disappointed by the Lucifer show itself. I'm also disappointed that it's going away. It's on Netflix now. They're doing their uh, two-bifurcated final season on Netflix, and then it's going away. I've been underwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. But I like the actor who plays the character, and he does that character well. But also seeing him and John Constantine together was like, I really wish John. Anytime I see John Constantine, I wish he was on every show. Yeah, so, I really liked that
1: show. I was so angry, upset when they canceled it. So I'm actually happy that he's back.
0: Yes, I'm happy that he's back, and that's why he's great on in the, on Legends of Tomorrow. But in that like brief scene, it's like, gee, now I wish he was also on Lucifer because he would be awesome on Lucifer.
1: <laughs> I just keep waiting for him to go. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I, I like I liked uh, Keanu Reeves.
0: Oh yeah, that Const- Constantine movie wasn't bad. Yeah, I, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Imagine yeah,
1: that. Um, then he had uh, Jim Corgan, the Specter from Constantine, um, which again, that was I. I don't remember seeing him, and maybe I'm maybe I didn't see all of Constantine. I thought I did, but maybe I hadn't.
0: Yeah, I I don't remember him either. I don't know if it was from Constantine or if he was on a previous season of Arrow or something. And I only had like the barest. Knowledge of Spectre as a character, I kind of recognized him, so I'm I'm sure I probably did. It's just been so long that I Mm -hmm. get,
1: but like right away, I'm like, oh hey, look, it's Spectre. I didn't even need to know anything, so I'm it's probably buried in my subconscious somewhere, and I just didn't remember outright. Um, then you had the 1990 Flash.
0: Yes, the only part of that that I liked was the fact that they had that one little clip at the end when he dies and disintegrates. They played that little short clip mm-hmm. from the end of the original 1990s TV show that he was on.
1: Then we also got the hilarious scene with Ezra Miller flash, <laughs> which I thought they did that great. Uh, that that was, was
0: fun. Yeah, it was. what a, It was weird, but it was funny. It was a very cool scene, like when they're like touching each other's so I was like, yeah. "Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> nice." That's <who laughs> do that. so, so yeah. The that- multiverse. Multiverse. There's a multiverse. <laughs> Flash? What? Fl- huh? Oh yeah. yeah cuz even cuz at that point in the movie like he hadn't given himself his official name yet. He didn't know about the multiverse. So yeah, yeah, so so that scene was funny and I did enjoy it. Yeah.
1: And then there's one other cameo that I didn't catch. Like I wasn't even thinking about it possibly being a cameo, but it was. And it's Marv Wolfman, the original yes. comic book writer was uh, the fan asking for the autographs.
0: I didn't catch that either until I read the comic book. Because as soon as I started reading the comic book, oh, that's who Marv Wolfman is. I was like, I, I was like, they lingered on it on the show. I was like, he must be somebody, but I forgot to look it up. Mm-hmm. And then as I was reading, it, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch it the first time. Although I was like, I was like, I should look it up. He must be somebody.
1: That's all the cameos that I saw listed. Um, There's a couple of others that they were kind of saying were cameos, but they're part of the Arrowverse. So I was like, I'm not counting that as a cameo because it's they're part of the Arrowverse.
0: And then the other ones that were not quite cameos were just they played clips. Yeah. Like you see like Raven from Titans, but it's just a clip from the show. Yeah, like a well. I mean,
1: I mentioned Titans and Doom Patrol, but yeah, they just they just show clips from the show. They didn't really do any real cameos. They're just like, hey, look, these exist in this multiverse.
0: Yeah, and the same thing. And like, I never, I didn't catch it, but someone even said online that they played a clip from the Green Lantern movie. uh, Yeah, yeah, they uh, played
1: like basically there was an Earth that was just like had a bunch of Green Lanterns. mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So again, I don't really count that stuff as cameos. I just inserted clips into. Yeah, um, since
1: since that wasn't like a particular character, that's why I didn't count it as a cameo. But yeah, there was mm-hmm. a bunch of Green Lanterns. Because God forbid they actually put a Green Lantern in something. Can I spoil something?
0: And the finale of Arrow it is loosely implied that John Diggle becomes a Green Lantern.
1: I'm gonna strangle you when we're done.
0: Who I, I think he would be a very good Green Lantern. Yeah,
1: good luck spoiling this <laughs> while I'm strangling you.
0: I don't think they're going to do anything with it. But there was a strong implication that that's what happened. Um, I don't think they're going to do a Green Lantern TV show. I think they're just going to probably have him show up as a Green Lantern in next year's crossover event.
1: I don't know if I'm going to punch you in the face while I'm strangling <laughs> you. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> So one other one thing kind of moving on uh, the acting in this in these shows. There was some good acting. There was more bad acting. A couple a few in particular I wanted to bring up, though. Brandon, I, I think it's pronounced Ralph. I don't know if it's Ruth or Ralph. I think it's Ralph. I think uh, you're right. Brandon Ralph. I really liked his Superman character. I think he played Superman really well in Superman Returns. I really wanted to see more of him. But at this point, he's been playing Adam for so long. The Adam, I should say. He It seemed like he was really struggling keeping those characters separate. He ended up kind of blending them together as, as the show went on. And it, it really took me out of it a little bit. I, I ended up concentrating on that and picking that apart a little bit more than I should have. Which is unfortunate because I actually like him as a, as an actor. But then this kind of really brought him down a couple of grades for me seeing his inability to separate those characters and play them separately.
0: And I think that the reason why he was in it is because he's leaving the other show. He's on Legends of Tomorrow, and they're... You just can't stop spoiling things, (laughs) can you? Well, that was announced, like... I don't read those things because like, I don't want to know. We're like five seasons behind. I mean, who cares? He's, this is his last season on legends of tomorrow. So that's why he was on in this probably as much as he was, but this is their, not their last chance. They could have done it before, but yeah, I'm looking through my notes to see if there are more things I can ruin. Uh, spoil right, my- well,
1: <laughs> I'm sure you'll find something. Um, next up was Ruby Rose at, not gonna. I I really like Ruby Rose. Yes. Because man, she's just gorgeous. Yes. A- and I want. She's sometimes really good, but then when she's not good, she's really bad. And yes. there's just a lot of like she just really struggles putting emotion into things. And I, I think that's where there's a few areas in this event where she needed emotion that she just couldn't portray. Yes. And so that that, that that was a struggle as well. But then there's also, for me anyways, even the good actors were struggling with some of the lines in the story that they were trying to portray. Mm-hmm. So I kind of also wonder with part of that is, was it really the acting that was bad or was it the writing was so bad the actors couldn't do anything with it? So that that's I, I don't want to put all of it on the actors. I think more of it has to do with the writing than the actual acting of it. But a little from column A, a little from column B, I think. Did, did you have any anything other than those that you wanted to talk about at all for acting or anything that stood out for you? I guess Lex Luthor. I mean, I think he did an okay job as Lex Luthor, but he just doesn't... Nobody plays the character right.
0: Yeah, no one No one plays the character right. I don't like... It's like they don't understand the character. That Yeah, I mean, I didn't like his casting choice. Um, I didn't like... I also didn't see the reason... That he was brought on to Supergirl as a character because they have um, his sister. Uh... Yeah, he's mentioned so much, but... But it, 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 it's Supergirl. Apparently it's like... he's in Supergirl, though. <laughs> yeah, last year. But he was also supposed to have died, and the Monitor saved his life. And that's why he's in the crossover. And apparently he's now back because of the way that the thing ends. But Supergirl had both a Superman problem and a Lex Luthor problem because they couldn't get away from mentioning both and they found ways to bring them both onto the show. But yeah, mm. I, I don't like the way that Lex Luthor was portrayed in this or any of the stuff that he's been in. And also the fact that it appears to set up that he's going to be back as a regular character on Supergirl, which I don't want to see because I don't like that actor. Um, in terms of the acting, I agree with you all that stuff. the It's not really so much acting, but the thing that disappointed me when we got to episode four like you had said earlier, it seemed like when they finally got back to the story that there's too much to try to cram into one episode. There were a few times where, the and it was done through dialogue, but some of the things that Oliver Queen got to say, the actor, Stephen Mayo got to say in episode four were cool and they almost could have been the basis for something better. Like one of the... You have failed this universe. No, that was terrible. Oh. I've already talked about that. But in, in episode four, there's a thing where he says... There are a few things more powerful in the universe than memory and connection. And that was an interesting concept. And he did deliver that well. It made me feel like, wouldn't it have been nicer if they could have integrated that better into the story? Because they had a couple of like, Barry trying to hold them into the netherverse through the speed force thing. And they went back into some memories and stuff like that. I would have liked to have seen them like revisit some of the more pivotal scenes from the Arrowverse and, as opposed to just a couple of jumbled scenes that we got. So that concept of memory um, memory and connection being the most powerful thing in the universe could have been played up better, but it was introduced in episode four and then kind of dropped. And then the other thing too was that, you know, dying is easy. Real her- Real heroes are the ones that keep going. Again, nice concept, but and a, a part of that whole idea of um uh, passing the baton to flash and Supergirl, If that could have been more integrated into the earlier episodes, if, if you're going to do that, just lean into that and make it like the whole thing be about that. The stuff that we bounced around in an episode two and three seemed like a, a largely a, a waste of time for me. Yeah. Um. The, the voiceovers that he did, that actor did for all of the, you know, out of the infinite blackness, all that stuff were cool. Yeah. It, it was from the comics, but still it, he had good voice narration. It it it, it was, the, the show wasn't as good as the dramatic narration made it seem, but at least he did deliver yeah.
1: those lines well. I think that's been an ongoing issue with uh, Stephen Arnell, is it? I believe that plays... Amel? Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's been an ongoing issue, is he is such a better actor than that show lets him be. That it, I think that's an ongoing struggle for him. There was speaking of lines that that kind of bothered you. There, there was one that bothered me is when they were uh, trying to um, get Human McGee. <laughs> it was it Ryan Choi? They were trying to to get him to come with, you know, to the other universe to try to gather together, and he's like, "I can't leave my wife and kid."
0: Fucking bring him!
1: <laughs> They knew that was gonna be destroyed. He is humanity. Let him
0: bring his humanity with. There's room on the other Earth. I promise. There is room on the other Earth, but that was one of the storylines that bothered me. It's like you brought three billion people from Earth 38. It's like isn't that gonna create like a huge population problem? They fixed that, but still, oh, they just like, put them in the ocean. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah but I mean they're going to die anyway. <laughs> they're going to die anyway. Who cares? But yeah, that whole thing is like I I didn't know until after when I looked it up online that that character is the future Adam. Um but I didn't know either. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Which is why that scene where like he like is all geeked out to meet Ray Palmer because he's like basically continuing Ray Palmer's research. Henry Palmer, again, is going away in Legends of Tomorrow. I have no idea if they're actually going to make that actor literally become the next actor, Adam. But I was just like, like you would put him, human McGee is like, who's this random dude? Yeah. Yeah, why do we have this like random dude in here? But I guess we know now. Kind of, sort of, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, you, you've
1: you've already been kind of hinting towards this next epic rant that you want to go into the uh, rebooting of the Arrowverse.
0: And to me, this was like the entire almost like point of this crossover event is that Arrow is going away. So we can we still call it the Arrowverse? Or do we need to like reset the Arrowverse to a certain extent? The Super
1: Flashverse.
0: The Super Flashverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we had the problem that we discussed earlier that some of the shows were set on their own Earths, which kind of made it. Intentionally difficult for people to cross over without going through like a dimensional portal type of thing.
1: Or a backdoor, as you like to say. Or a
0: backdoor, as I like to say. Now we've combined all of the Earths into one Earth. Well, Earth Prime. There are other Earths, but there's Earth Prime. So now all of the remaining DCCW shows are on one Earth. And that does make it easier, in a certain extent, going forward because now they can do mini crossovers without having to cross to another Earth. But one of the things that really annoyed me about this was, and it's done much better in the comics is a lot of people would have died or been erased from existence by doing that. So they collapsed everything into one Earth. It's like, that really destroys a lot of stuff.
1: Well, everything got destroyed anyway, so...
0: Yeah, but I mean, which also just annoyed me the whole thing of like bringing 3 billion people from Earth-38, well, so who cares? They all kind of got poofed anyway. What happened, like, did the...
1: If it's the same person, did they just merge into one person?
0: That was like the thing that was done way better in the comics. There were duplicates, because you would think that shouldn't there have been multiples of people?
1: So there's more than one Ruby Rose now.
0: You want there to be more than one Ruby Rose, but sorry, there is not. Eh, I never had a chance with either of them anyway. That's true uh in not not that i have what choice (laughs) either, (laughs) Um, but like in the comic book multiple (laughs) reasons many 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 (laughs) reasons um but yeah in the comic book they had the duplicate at least duplicate hero problem but there was also the weirdness too in the in the comic books it's like there are like cities that are combined that weren't combined before. There are people who know people that shouldn't know people or people who don't know people who should know people. So it caused a lot more confusion and it just kind of gets, glossed. I had it
1: until you said that.
0: <laughs> so it gets glossed over a little bit. The, the episodes after the crossover event address some of this, but it like, it seemed like a really long way to go to just reboot the uh, DC universe. Yeah, but
1: I kind of like, well, like I said earlier, I like that it opens up the door to actually have them cross over more often and be in each other's shows more often. Um, but it also kind of goes into the big issue with Justice League in general. Uh, we talked about, or I guess we haven't put it out yet. Uh, Reese and I had a, did an episode on Superman, and we talked about a little bit in that episode. I don't know if this is going to come out before or after that one, but.
0: Yeah, we don't know now.
1: Um, yeah we talk about how justice league has an issue where a lot of times, like the issue could easily be solved by Superman. So they have to find some reason for Superman to not be involved so that they can actually have a story there. Well, they're going to kind of have that same issue. You know, things happened in green arrow universe, universal. So they could just, Hey, Barry, or Hey, Hey, Hey Kara, can you come take care of this real quick? Otherwise it's going to take me an entire season, but you can come over here and take care of it in five minutes.
0: Well, that's the problem that I had mentioned earlier, that Supergirl had a Superman problem. Yeah. And they eventually had to come up with a way to, because they always had that problem. If you make a a big bad or a a big storyline that goes beyond National City, then wouldn't Superman show up? And they had to address that. And then they also found a way to get Superman off of Earth so that mm-hmm. he wouldn't be, oh, just call Superman. He shows up in all the crossover events. But yeah, now you're going to have the same problem too, where like, oh, you know, if Batwoman has a problem, it's like, well, Barry can just come by and use his super speed and like take care of all the bad yeah. guys in a, a split second.
1: Well, I mean, not to keep bringing back to it, but that kind of comes back to what I like about a lot, some of the Justice League. Um, stories is because of that power issue Batman isn't always in the field sometimes he's just coordinating efforts and he's playing on his strength since his strength is not in the field when you've got Wonder Woman and Martian Manhunter and Superman all involved what's Batman going to do in the field he'd be better off basically being like you go over there you go over here take care of this hey you got people coming in over here that's his strength so yeah
0: which would have made more sense for Green Arrow to do stuff like yeah, that in exactly. this crossover Because like you you have the super Superman. He and was Supergirl. too busy dying. He was too busy dying, but you yeah, had Supergirl and Superman, you had Martian Manhunter, you had Flash, you had people with powers that he could have been coordinating with. Same problem too about Sarah Lance needed to have a big role because she's the star of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. It didn't really make much sense right for her to have as big of a role as she did.
1: So I was just laughing at like a lot of the shows Oh no, green arrow's dead. Wake up, wake up, we gotta kill you again. Right yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it opens up the door for more stories, but it'll also end up be- possibly being harder to tell the stories because you may may have to explain why people other people aren't there. I guess we'll see. Eventually I'll see. I'm sure you'll spoil it for me before I get there. <laughs> All right, so you want to go ahead and jump into your uh,
0: closing yeah we can do our, our metaphorical rating in closing, and then at the end of my closing, I also want to talk a little bit about the things that the comic book ended on differently and better than the jump honor. But uh, so do you want to do your metaphorical rating first? or Sure,
1: I guess I can. Um, for me, I give the whole thing a green martyr. Yeah. Um, it, it really seemed like this whole the whole event was just a long-winded way to say goodbye to, to Stephen Arnell as Green Arrow and bring the worlds together. Like they didn't know how to do it. They're like, hey, we, we want to do that, but we also somehow want to have some sort of event where we have a bunch of cameos. Hey, let's put all that together and just shove it into five episodes, but somehow make them long. I don't know what. I almost think they were fucking with us. <laughs> <laughs> so where they're, they're like, hey, we're going to call it this big, cool thing, and we're going to try to pretend like we're going to do a big, epic thing. But we're gonna somehow draw it out longer than it has to be, but still compact way too much into a short amount of time. Uh, maybe that's the genius of the storytelling—is they somehow did that. I don't. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it, there were things to enjoy, but like you said, it's—they're—they're they're struggling with story. They're struggling with writing, and it's becoming. It has to be because of the types of shows they are. They have to be soap opera-ish. But I think they're leaning too heavy on the soap opera-ish. And it's failing the series. (laughs) You have failed this series? (laughs) Boom. Second metaphorical rating. That I just came up with off the top of my head.
0: Top that, bitch. Alrighty then. My metaphorical rating is... The Oliver Queen is really dead this time. Circle Jerk and Arrowverse rebooting DCU Earth Clearance Sale. Boom. That's what this whole thing was about for me, too. It's like Oliver Queen is dead. Like, no, for real this time. He like pinky swore with Barry, Sarah and Kara on it a lot. So super, super definitely, definitely dead this time. Definitely dead. No, really. He is. He's super dead. Did you know that Arrow was the first DCCW show and its ending? Again, it's like that's all that just kept pounding us over the head with all throughout the thing, and that's what kept ruining it for me or or less took away time that they could have spent on other things. You, you're you either constipated or thinking a, a deep thought. Is he still Spectre? That's not really... Because he could still be in the Arrowverse
1: as Spectre and exactly. just kind of drop in here and there. True. So he's not
0: really dead. Except Spectre is dead. Spectre, yes. So yeah. So <laughs> he could. He could. Spectre could show up at another crossover event or, or something else. Who knows? How ghostly. How ghostly he could be. Yes. So for me, like the key takeaways were, okay, now all of the current C- DCCW television shows are now set on the same earth. We just talked about that. Um, the We also saw where the rest of the DC properties are. So the DC streaming television shows are each set on their own Earth, which actually helped explain something like Titans and Doom Patrol are not on the same Earth, which helped me a little bit because the Doom Patrol in Titans and Doom Patrol itself was a little bit different. But now we know they're on, on their own Earths, so that's okay. And they're not on the same Earth as the DC CW. Well, that creates a problem for me then. Oh,
1: because. Why isn't Cyborg part of Titans? Cyborg wasn't part of Titans because he's in Doom Patrol. That's how I explained that. (laughs) And now I'm angry again.
0: Well, he could be on Titans, but he won't be the Titans who's on Doom Patrol because Doom Patrol is not on the same Earth as Titans. Because Cyborg was not in the Doom Patrol episode of Titans. He is in the Doom Patrol series, but not in the Doom Patrol episode of Titans. I'm back to wanting to strangle you. (laughs) My other key takeaway is that the DC cinematic universe begrudgingly acknowledges the existence of the DC television universe for the first time, but it would not be caught dead being set on the same earth. (laughs) Real quick. Okay. Oh God. (laughs) I
1: finally got to see Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Okay. And Ben Affleck. Makes multiple jokes about Justice League, okay, <laughs> and Batman v Superman. It just him being Batman in general. I am starting to cry a little bit laughing. <laughs> I'm trying to hold <laughs> back the laughter part. It is great. Real, real quick tangent. If you enjoy the view askew verse and you're actually up to date on all of the Kevin Smith movies, for the love of God, see Jane Silent Bob reboot because that entire movie is reference jokes and cameos of all of his movies and it is fantastic sorry back to you sir
0: that's okay no problem at all the only caveat i would add to what i was saying before is we do know that there's another uh tv show coming to dc uh the dccw verse star girl but that's also set on its own earth so we have earth prime which is where all of the current the uh, DCCW shows are, but they showed us. I'm not. This is what we saw in the crossover event. Yeah. That Earth Two is where Star Girl is going to be, um, because there has been a Star Girl in Legends of Tomorrow. So they had to put it on a different Earth. Oh, there has, huh? Yep, there has been. Yes, the Justice Society of America has been in um, the uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm definitely punching you while I'm strangling <laughs> you. <laughs> and then the. Going back, I guess the, the only thing I kind of liked about the whole Earth Prime, Prime creation was the ending shot. Like I said, one of the first things I liked about it was in early on in episode one, we saw Burt Ward. One of my favorite things about the ending shot of the crossover was seeing the outside of the Hall of Justice. Because I, I remember Super Friends growing up as a kid. So that made me geek out a little bit. And then, and then having Gleek, the space monkey from the Wonder Twins, that reference... Made me laugh. So that part was made the Justice Leaguey type conclusion, Hall of Justice thing, kind of a nice ending. But it was a long way to go uh, to set that up for me. But I did like that ending.
1: I didn't really catch some of that because it's been... I mean, I was a little kid when I watched ju- that Justice League. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't remember it well enough for that to catch. Mm-hmm. Did I catch at the end of this that Superman had two kids?
0: Yes. That was a uh, one of the changes that happened on Earth Prime is that Superman has two kids. But before that, he only had one.
1: All right. But no explanation yet.
0: No explanation yet, but they have had episodes after this as the, as the shows continue on. Um, but the thing that's kind of weird that I don't like is that Earth Prime that they just created, what they've shown on the next few episodes after this, is that it's cut off from the multiverse. Like in the next Supergirl, they try to find the vibrational frequencies of the other Earths, and they can't. So Earth Prime... And this is also how the comic book ends. Maybe she needs to change the batteries. She, she has to put the change of batteries in the vibrational thing. That's very important. Unless you have one of the things, ones that plug in, then you don't have to worry about batteries. But that's a whole other episode. But yes, so Earth Prime is somehow... A either a whole other series. A whole other series, yes. Yes. It's cut off from the multiverse. I don't know if they're cut off permanently, but they're at least temporarily cut off. (laughs) Mike is now distracted with other thoughts. (laughs) Cut off from the multiverse, but which kind of weird for me because they went to such an extent to show where all of the other DC stuff is, but now apparently we can't go there. So they're not connecting. So the the DCCW shows can't go... Barry can't go visit Ezra Miller, uh, <laughs> I guess, in the Flash movie or something like that. I'm sure they'll probably change that again, but for the time being, they want the Arrowverse to continue. So you're saying it doesn't vibe. It does not vibe. In it's own little pocket universe, I guess, is what they're in. And I haven't watched all of this stuff because I've pretty much given up on the shows, but as you would expect, the rest of the current season of the DCCW shows is playing around with the, hey, stuff's a little bit different now.
1: Yeah. All right, fair enough. Is that all you got?
0: For this, I wanted to kind of come back around to the comic book, just oh, in closing right. thoughts. Because in the comic book, again, the the major story framework is still there, like we said before. Monitor versus Anti-Monitor. Harbinger gathers the team to fight because the Anti-Monitor is unleashing the wave of antimatter energy that's replaying through the multiverse and can't wait out all of the Earth and killing people. In the comic book, the Spectre thing fighting the anti-monitor also happens, but it doesn't end the story. In fact, it's also one of those things I was talking about earlier too, about the combination of heroes and villains is done for a reason in the comic book. Like they need like all of the heroes, and whoever has like electrical powers or magnetism powers, whether you're a hero or a villain, are needed in order to create an uh, electromagnetic vortex so that they can go attack... The anti-monitor in the anti-universe. They also need anyone who has magical ability, whether they're a hero or a villain, all team up to give extra power to Spectre, so that Spectre can defeat the anti-monitor. But he doesn't actually defeat the anti-monitor. He he deals him a huge setback. So and actually, the Spectre defeating or initially setting back the uh, anti-monitor does create the collapse of the multiverse down into one Earth. However, the comic book then goes a little bit further in that the Anti-Monitor is not completely defeated.
1: Well, that's the next crossover.
0: Well, maybe, but the Anti-Monitor isn't completely defeated until, again, the collapsing of the multiverse into one Earth leaves the duplicate heroes. Like, we have multiple Wonder Woman, we have multiple Supermen, we have a whole other branch of the Bat family that's different, but... In the final, final battle against the Anti-Monitor, all of those duplicates conveniently get killed. Um, But they actually need an assist from Darkseid to defeat the Anti-Monitor. Because Darkseid was willing to help them out one time just because he didn't want Apocalypse to get destroyed. So he lent them some power to finally, definitively, sort of defeat the Anti-Monitor.
1: Which expands in... In later books, storylines that I have actually read, mm-hmm. because they don't get overly, unnecessarily descriptive, they're much easier to read.
0: Yeah. So it ends the same way with the one Earth collapse together. The other thing that is sort of interesting is Green Arrow does die in the crossover event. He dies. He basically dies in the final battle. He's killed by a shadow demon. So he's, he basically... Def- doing what Green Arrow does. He's defending his city at the street level and, and defending civilians from being attacked and he gets killed by the Shadow Demons. So he failed his city. He failed his city! Yes. Well, they, they defeated the Shadow Demons, but yeah, he gets killed. The other thing that's kind of interesting is yeah, the Barry Allen sacrifice happens in the crossover events, but it's the actual only Barry Allen. And the other thing that's interesting is Supergirl also dies. So both Supergirl and the Flash have sacrificial permanent sacrificial deaths as permanent as comic book permanences in right. thing. So technically it was kind of funny for me he, it's he like did air quotes. Yeah, air quotes. So the three main characters of the Arrowverse all die in the comics. Because Green Arrow, the Flash, and Supergirl all die. All right. Well, thanks for the spoiler heavy summary. Yes. <laughs> now that i've completely spoiled not only the dc uh cw universe but also the comic book run from 1985 i believe my work here is done and it is time for mike to punch andrew choke me
1: all right well thank you like to thank everybody for listening uh thanks for joining us if if you'd like to kick back on anything feel free to uh, reach out to us i am going to try to strangle jim and he's going to kick my ass now Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater.
0: We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy Hater, Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app
1: for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify,
0: iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.